What's up, everyone? I'm James Preston from SA Crypto. And I'm Mark Forrest. Who's hanging out with me today as we prepare to launch the SA Crypto website. It's Friday, the 31st of August, 2018. And uh, today we launch the brand new news and info website of SA Crypto. So be sure to check it out, sacrypto.co.za. We do actually have some discounts. So if you are lucky enough to listen to this and there are some discounts available on the store, you can get uh, an SA Crypto t-shirt and a one month subscription to the premium channel just by going to sacrypto.co.za. Mark, what is the code that they should use? To get a free t-shirt, which is, there's only five coupons available, you can type in SA Crypto Site Launch uh, on checkout. If you go to the site and you go to shop, or if you go to uh, if you're not lucky enough to get one of those, you can get the SA Crypto 50 off, which will give you 50% off your purchase. And there's only 10 of those. So that's SA Crypto 50 off, okay? And that includes a one-month free subscription to the SA Crypto Premium channel. Now, uh, in this edition, I interviewed three thought leaders in the blockchain industry in South Africa. A couple of us went to Blockchain Entrepreneurs Club South Africa in Amhlanga last night. They were down from Joburg and uh, there were a couple of thought leaders who spoke around the latest developments in blockchain in South Africa and I caught up with Mantla Magagula who is from RMB Foundry and the co-founder of The Coding Ground. I also caught up with none other than Paresh Dyer who is a blockchain strategist at Standard Bank. He's got an incredible history and incredible uh, current working environment as well working with the likes of the South African Reserve Bank. He's worked with Project Corker, so uh, amazing guy in the blockchain industry here in South Africa. And then Ayanda Masugu as well, who's an entrepreneur. She is the CEO of Smart Vest Capital, and they're doing some incredible things with uh, tokenizing, if you like, livestock. Um, and it's a really interesting concept, so I catch up with her. So without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. Okay, so I have uh, Mandla Magagula. Mandla, uh, you are with Foundry, who are projects, if you like, of R&B Bank in, in Santon. Mandla, um, what is it that your role is at Foundry? Okay, I'm a blockchain consultant at the Foundry. So in simple English, it's basically looking at uh, um, blockchain use cases for corporate banking. Now, what is your background? I mean, how does how how does a guy like you become a blockchain consultant? Because mm. you know, ten years ago, blockchain didn't exist. Yeah, the good good point. So I. I started as a software developer. I have about 12 years experience in software development. I studied computer science at the University of Pretoria um, and uh, I worked for the Reserve Bank. So I've been doing various things like from data warehousing and, uh, and I've learned about blockchain since 2014 and I've, I've always wanted to just do something, understand the technology and see how it works. So all these years have actually built me up to what I'm doing now, um, which is basically building smart contracts, looking at setting up nodes for for, for a bank and, and, and contributing to the body of knowledge in terms of how do you implement private permission blockchain in a corporate banking setup. 
What's your favorite platform? Do you have a favorite platform or do you build your own chains, your own platforms and, and write your smart contracts within those that you've already built? Or do you have a favorite pa- platform? So most of our work has been on the Quorum uh, blockchain, which is uh, JP Morgan Chase's uh, a fork of the Ethereum chain. And they've added the constellation layer on top of it to enable it to work for a permissioned space. So most of my experience is there but i've started building a lot of um, of the the recent stuff especially our use case on trade finance it's on um, hyperledger fabric you know which is it's very interesting so mantla um what about the way forward for south africa with project corker do you foresee the the south african rand for instance becoming tokenized in the same way that the venezuela uh, government has introduced the petro obviously that's as a result of major financial collapse and the south african rand is very strong Mm. but uh is there a likelihood of a a tokenized asset a tradable tokenized asset um in the south african economy yeah i think given the the attitude of our, our central bank you know the reserve bank having a fintech unit and being very active in terms of um you know enforcing innovation and pushing innovation pushing the boundaries i think anything is possible you know i thought it will take us about 20 years before we get there but i feel like that 20 years i can half that 20 years to be about 10 years even even that i can half to be about five years because they are very innovative they want to build the ecosystem so there's a lot of excitement but i'm just not sure about in terms of adoption because our, our economy is pretty stable so you we, we cannot compare with people like venezuela and all their their struggling economies so it's going to be a harder sell but in terms of the innovation and technology i think we're definitely on the right on the right track in the south african context Wow. Now, um, from your perspective as a guy who's working with a high-level bank, yeah. um, you've worked with the South African Reserve Bank. Yeah. What is your perspective overlooking the South African landscape, whereby we have a vast majority of underprivileged and poverty-stricken areas and people? Yeah. How do you see blockchain helping those people? Yeah. So I think one thing that's emerging with blockchain is the the various communities. So people can form part of a, a sub community of interest and then and, and and earn. You know, right now we just saw people that are giving investment products for which are backed by cattle and things like that. So there's a lot of use cases. So um, in in up in Jovek, what what we do, we see a lot of hackathons. You know, where these young people are actually given this opportunity to learn um, to build products and then present and then potentially win something and then uh, I see a lot of young people from underprivileged backgrounds coming into those hackathons and my company the coding ground that we are very intentional about teaching young people how to code from underprivileged backgrounds these are young people that would not get an opportunity to get into university and these young people uh, I mean a year ago they come in they don't know how to to even operate this computer but this year, I mean, they're building products for clients, you know, so you already you're solving the problem. So I think blockchain is opening this market up, opening opportunities for learning and, and, um, and just the economy for, you know, for young people to participate. Wow. Yeah. If you could give um, the blockchain community and crypto uh, community any word of advice right now on our group, for instance, we've got 1,500 members. Yeah. What would you as a leader in this space want to say to these people? So I wouldn't call myself a, le- a leader, but what I would say is that learn, right? 
be very intentional about your learning. Don't take my word for it. Um, don't take anybody's word for it. Understand the underlying technology and how it works. It's very simple. Like all the, the things that build up a blockchain, it's not new. I mean, cryptography has been old. It's been there for years. Uh, um, hash graph, I, I mean, um, uh, and proof of work. All these technologies have been, for years they've been there. All these consensus, there's nothing new here. You know, it's just the way they've been put together now to work in a way that, you know, you block these transactions and you chain them together and then in a thing called a blockchain. So just learn. It's very fun to learn. It's very stimulating mentally. But at the same time, then you, you try to avoid the hype, you know, so then you... You, you become very active in the, in, the, in, in the community as well like that. Wow. Manjla, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for a great talk and safe travels back to Joburg. Thank you, James. Thank you very much. So I have Ayanda Masugu. She is with uh, SV Capital. Your position is CEO. CEO is that CEO, right? Oh, yes. Um, Ayanda, just tell us a, a quick brief overview. What is SV Capital? So SV Capital is an investment company that gives investors the ability to invest in real assets. And by me saying that, investors actually get the access to the agricultural sector. So we partner with small-scale farmers and we've turned the underlying assets into investment products. So an investor with us can actually invest in a cattle or lamb. But we've also applied the concept of fractional investing, where in essence, if you know what a unit trust is, then it's exactly the same concept, where an investor can hold a piece of a cattle and lamb. And the reason why we've really done that is to encourage affordability in the investment world but also reduce risk related to that investment because anything that happens to the underlying pool will be protected because that loss will be absorbed by the pool wow so before we get into where you got the idea from yes how did you hear about blockchain entrepreneurs club what got you involved and how did you get introduced to blockchain itself so blockchain has always i think as a lot like a lot of people blockchain came to my knowledge when bitcoin blew up so everyone was excited about this new currency what's going on and to be fair i did trade it just a bit just to test out the market um, but i wasn't really impressed with the volatility so i pulled out but how i got to know bixa is through atesh one of the co-founders so i had met him at an event um, where we were pitching the business and it was a net bank related event and he absolutely loved the idea um, so we had aligned visions around how we could implement technology onto this business plan to actually expand it and grow grow it even further. So post that, Atesh actually invited us to this event and we found ourselves actually in front of people presenting um, our business plan. Wow, so you basically, you, you almost want to tokenize these livestock in a way. Um, where did the idea come from to create an investment vehicle based on livestock and small it, this is small scale we're not you know this isn't huge someone investing in you know 100 million rand farms this is small scale farms where did the idea come from so the idea really was driven off the core market retargeting so if you look at stock for markets they're currently sitting at a valuation of 54 billion rand per annum that is a market that's sitting with lazy money and really doesn't invest it appropriately. And what we found is that you could technically start using this money to start investing in smaller businesses or farms to expand that underlying business. Now, when we realized our potential as sitting as an internal platform where you start making a financial return for the end party being a stock file, but in turn making us have a social impact in growing the underlying farmer, there was a natural synergy in that. So the biggest part of what we do is really 
we want to support small-scale farmers. We've realized that historically they've never really had enough support from a financial uh, perspective and we want to position them to actually be able to have a foothold in the market but also uh, contribute to our food security in the country. So in doing what we do at SV Capital, we really ensure that investors get their return at the end of the day because any investor is chasing return, but you're doing it in a socially responsible way. So you're helping a farmer expand their operations, you're giving them the ability to actually be in a position to better negotiate any off-take agreements or have a foothold in the market through your investment. So you spoke about a, an exchange where people could cash out their investment, for instance, if they um, invested in, in livestock and in, in a pool, uh, it's got a year till it matures, but they wanted to liquidate that capital before that year. You spoke about an exchange. Are you talking about tokenizing your investment products? Um, and then putting it on an exchange, like a crypto exchange, or would you create your own exchange within the ecosystem? Um, so James, regarding that, we're in the early phases of developing that, so unfortunately I can't give you much detail on that process, but the idea really is to put our cow on the internet. So giving investors the ability to see the actual investment, interact with it, eventually getting to a point where if investors were to be able to trade it, then we can do that. And also I think we always neglect how powerful blockchain is. It's a powerful tool that can be used to enhance any business model. If you think about all the admin and smart contracts that come behind it, it starts running a business a bit more efficiently because there's automatic verification and with the market we're dealing with verification and trust is a massive factor so once you bring in this technology that can amplify that it's a, it's a done deal wow well if you could just give um, the crypto and blockchain enthusiasts in South Africa one takeaway paragraph what would it be I'd say we need to focus on more impact investing. We need to focus on investments that not, not only focus on financial returns, but also focus on what we're doing for our social responsibility. Um, what we found in that through our model, we are actually able to support small-scale farmers and in doing that, creating sustainable jobs. But you're not only creating sustainable jobs on their farm, but also for surrounding communities. So it's encouraging people to be a bit more cognizant in what they're investing in, understand what you're investing in, but also look for the social impact. Because I think how we change this world is actually being more concerned about the social impact behind everything. Wow. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Ayanda, and uh, to your COO, KG, all the best. And hopefully there'll be uh, amazing success stories of SV Capital. Thank you very much. All right. So now I'm with Paresh Dyer, who is one of the directors of Blockchain Entrepreneurs Club South Africa. Uh, Paresh, just tell the audience very quickly what it is you do at Standard Bank. I mean, you head up blockchain. What does that mean? What is your job title? Sure. My job title is actually Blockchain Strategist for Standard Bank. And I know that may sound a little bit vague, but what I really do is I analyze the market for business opportunities for Standard Bank in order to uh, bring in blockchain in order for revenue generation, cost optimization, process streamlining, etc. Basically, what we're trying to do is we're trying to utilize blockchain to enhance our businesses and take it into the digital forefront. Wow. <clears throat> so... What was the vision behind Blockchain Entrepreneurs Club then? So you must be so busy already with this, with the banking system of South Africa. Where did the, did the idea for an Entrepreneurs Club for blockchain come about? Sure. So blockchain is not a one-man game. 
right? It is a collaborative effort. If you're sitting in a blockchain by yourself, you're talking to yourself. It's almost like a telephone. If you're the only one with a telephone in the world, you're only going to be talking to yourself. And hence why we had a look at the South African market and we want to bring the industry together. We want to create an ecosystem for blockchain to actually flourish. Right? We want to bring in the use cases. We want to see things like financial inclusion on the continent within South Africa. We want to see the myriad of solutions that are coming out at the moment. So we want to tie in entrepreneurs, corporates, government organizations in order to create an ecosystem for the African continent to flourish. Now, what is your biggest challenge at the moment um, with something like BEXA? Do you, do you foresee people being skeptical because of the speculative trading, the, the prices of, of these various digital assets, or are there other challenges that, that you didn't foresee? Sure. So I think one of the biggest challenges we're trying to demystify is the difference between a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and the blockchain itself. Right? So uh, the cryptocurrencies have a place in the world, right? facilitates peer-to-peer transactions, but the blockchain for us actually represents much more than that. We really see it moving governments, we see it moving countries, we see it having an impact on society, humanitarian kind of use cases, and where we're actually going from a political standpoint. That's what we're actually trying to see at the moment. So a couple of hindrances that we're facing at the moment is um, to actually demystify what blockchain actually is and to raise the awareness around that, and actually adoption of blockchain itself, right? So we want to see more entrepreneurs, we want to see more fintechs coming up, utilizing exponential technologies to to solve pertinent problems for Africa. And this is why BEXA actually formed. Wow. And how did you meet the likes of Atish, Gareth? I mean, there's such a vast, a, a vast and diverse group of people. How did you meet all these people passionate about blockchain from so many different backgrounds and, and, and companies? So I actually went to university with Atish, uh, and that's where I know him from. But the, uh, the blockchain community is extremely small in South Africa. But the, but the main hindrance is you have to be within the community to know the various different people. I actually saw a Blockchain Entrepreneurs Club South Africa page on Facebook itself, and I reached out to the admin, which was Gareth, and we decided to actually launch this full time. So literally, our organic growth has purely been on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and on Meetup.com, and we've exponentially increased from there. And that's how we basically just came together. It's just a like-minded group of people that have the exact same vision, goal, and objectives of where we actually want to take this, coming together to create an ecosystem. Wow. Now, I know, Paresh, your passion is self-sovereign identity. What, what is it that attracts you to self-sovereign identity and the blockchain together? So I personally think that identity is a missing layer on the internet at this point in time. And you'll see this if anyone has actually heard my talks previously, is that we have various different stopgap measures on the internet to actually deem what what identity actually is. And this actually gives rise to usernames and passwords and wider than that, data breaches. So what happened with Cambridge Analytica and the sell-off of personal data, people are actually now starting to sit up and actually take a look at what their personal data actually means. For Facebook to be then selling off their data for their own corporate revenues, right, without giving any of that back to the people, people are now starting up a revolution around this. Not only that, I think that you know financial inclusion and the two billion unbanked people at the moment 
1.5 billion of those people are unbanked due to lack of identity. Identity is the missing layer across every single product that we have at the moment. This is how blockchain is actually going to help it by utilizing products like Sovereign and Civic and Uport to actually give back all the way to people that need financial inclusion to refugees and all the way to up to people like us who actually have bank accounts but want to secure our own personal data. That's really why I'm an, a strong proponent and an evangelist for self-sovereign identity and the movement of that. So you've got 1,500 people listening to you right now from the crypto asset uh, space, blockchain entrepreneurs, traders, miners, what would you want them to take away from your message tonight? So my message tonight is purely about how this exponential technology is going to change the world. Right? Um, I talk about this fairly often and this is causing people to actually question what is money and how do we operate in the world? What is the role of commercial bank? What is the role of central banks, right? But again, this is only a very minute population in the world. I want everyone to actually start questioning how we operate, how business models actually operate at this point in time, and to actually question the status quo of how we actually live, right? Because blockchain, and not just blockchain in isolation, blockchain with exponential technology is going to change the world. So I know that various different people are interested in the trading aspect, in the crypto aspect, in the blockchain aspect, but I think that we all need to come together to create an ecosystem to actually solve pertinent problems that we see on the globe today. And that for me would be the biggest takeaway. Wow, Parish, thank you so much. Thanks for your work in the blockchain space in South Africa and good luck. Thanks for having me, James. Appreciate it. And there we have it. That's this week's episode of the SA Crypto Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Please do get in touch. You can mail me james.preston at sacrypto.co.za or mark.forest.com at sacrypto.co.za. Go check out our new site. You can sign up for a whole bunch of cool stuff as well. You can check out our store and uh, we'd love for you to give us feedback as well. From me, James Preston. And myself, Mark Forrest. It's goodbye.